If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the most downloaded fitness, health, and entertainment podcast in the world. This is Mind Pump, right? In today's episode, uh, we answered people's questions about fitness and health, but this was after the first uh, portion of the show, so 61 minutes where we talk about current events, family life, studies, uh, fitness, and much more. You can always check the show notes for timestamps, by the way, if you just want to fast forward to your favorite part. Also, if you want to ask a question that we may answer on an episode like this one, go to Instagram at Mind Pump Media. That's where you could post us a question. Make sure you do it under the appropriate meme, and then if we like it, we'll pick it, and then we'll answer it. This episode is brought to you by some sponsors. The first one is NCI. It's one of the best coaching certifications you'll find anywhere at all online. Teaches you how to be a good coach and teaches you how to build a good business. And check this out. Right now, they're doing a free five-day challenge. So you can literally sign up and they will teach you how to scale your business. So if you're a coach or a trainer, you want to learn how to build your business online, they'll actually do it for you for free. If you go to ncimindpump.com forward slash freedom, this is cool. They haven't done this before, so make sure you check it out. This episode is also brought to you by Organifi, makers of organic plant-based supplements like their pre-workout Peak Power. I love this one. It does give you energy, but it's balanced, sustainable energy. It's uh, the best pre-workout I've ever used. Go check them out. Go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash mindpump. Use the code MINDPUMP for 20% off. We also have a workout program sale going on this month. Two very, very popular muscle building and strength building programs are 50% off. The original MAPS Anabolic is 50% off. That's our most popular program. And then MAPS Split, the advanced bodybuilder style program, is also 50% off. So check this out. If you go to mapsfitnessproducts.com, you select either program or you can get both of them. You can actually get both. The coupon code APRIL50 will give you 50% off either MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Split, or both programs. Again, it's mapsfitnessproducts.com, and the code is APRIL50. All right, here comes the show. Probably one of the most challenging endeavors you'll ever embark upon is trying to lose weight or improve your health and fitness and to maintain it forever. In fact, data shows, regardless of diet, regardless of workout program, the fail rate is something like 90%. That's why what I'm about to say is so important. The most important and probably valuable investment you can ever make in your fitness, by far, nothing comes close, is hiring a good coach or a good trainer. Nothing comes close to the impact it can have on your long-term success. The reason why I'm bringing this up is we have all this talk around medications that seem to have some efficacious results. Uh, they're quite expensive, thousands of dollars a month. People are jumping on board to the point where they're running out. And it's like, look, a good coach or trainer is probably going to be less expensive and be way more effective. So if you're going to spend some money on anything to help you lose weight or get in better shape, find a good coach. Nothing comes close. I feel like I want to respond with a say it louder to the people in the back. It's so yeah. crazy how willing people are to spend a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a month. That's how some of these, some you know, some of these medications cost. Yeah. Um, because studies show that you can lose like five percent or ten percent of weight. And people are like, they're like, oh my God, I want to buy this. I'll spend so much money to do this. It's like, man, if you hired a good coach, uh, first off, it would probably cost you less. 
Uh, but even if it costs the same amount, it's an investment. It's that initial bit that people are just afraid to commit to. Nothing so. will be more effective. Nothing. There's no combination of supplements or drugs or anything that'll come close to what a good coach or trainer can do for you. Yeah. This is why I asked the other day when we were talking about uh, Ozempic and stuff like that and said, you know, what percentage would you put on, you know, if we had like a pie chart of, you know, food, exercise, sleep, you know, uh, supplements, where does like these, where do these drugs fall in or, you know, and you said like maybe 10%, like yeah. 5% would be like supplements. This is maybe yeah. 10% yeah. at best. A little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea that people are willing to spend that much money on something like that, that is such a small percentage of a difference as far as the grand scheme of things is, is what will actually move the needle. But I'm not surprised. I mean, that's, that's why the supplement industry is the supplement supplement industry is massive and it's even less effective and people still spend thousands and thousands of dollars annually on on pills and powders in hopes that it's going to get us in shape it's the promise of success without the hard work, work. without yeah. the work yeah minus the work yeah that and um first off i understand that by the way like yeah. that's very alluring but let's just rephrase this for example because losing that's why everybody buys a lottery ticket. That's it. So losing 30 pounds uh, and then keeping it off forever or improving your fitness and health and maintaining it forever. That requires you to change how you live. It's not, I mean, I'm not saying that lightly, literally, because the way you're living now is the reason why, let's say you're 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight or why your health isn't where you want it to be. So it means you have to live differently forever in order to maintain that. So let me rephrase that. Imagine if I was selling a drug that said, hey, you got a bad marriage? Take this pill, fix your marriage. Everybody would be like, get out of here. Like, that's not gonna, that's so stupid. That's not gonna work. That's how silly it is when you hear the same thing when it comes to weight loss or improving your health and fitness, taking a pill or taking a drug. Unless it's Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> right. so I wanna put that out there. Yeah, so, and, I mean, that's the point that I'm trying to make. And, um, you know, I used to have this conversation with potential clients all the time. So look at the price tag of, hiring a trainer. Let's say you hire like a, a really good trainer, a really good trainer. We'll go nationwide because I know it's more expensive in some areas, less expensive in other areas. You know, you'll probably cost you, I don't know, 70, 80 bucks an hour on average, some places much more, some places a little less, but let's just say like 80 bucks an hour. And let's say you work out with a coach or a trainer uh, twice a week. So you're going to do eight sessions a month. So, you know, it's hundreds of dollars a month. You're going to be spending, you know, 700 bucks a month or you know, 600 bucks a month or something like that, maybe even a thousand bucks a month, let's say. These drugs cost that much and they won't do what a good coach or trainer can do for you. They're not going to have the permanent lifelong success. They're not going to come along with a list of, we don't know side effects. Yeah. Like I, now I'm not, by the way, saying anything like, like I know some of these new peptides that are coming out seem to show real promise, especially in comparison to some of the other stuff that's out there. I'm not anti, none of us are anti-medicine. I think it's uh, it's got some value. But if you're thinking that this is going to solve your your issues forever, um, it's not. Uh, you, you have to learn how to live differently. And a good coach understands that and knows how to get you there. And yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes work. But man, the transformation at the end, the, the, the least of which, the, the least important of which is the physical transformation. It's the other transformations, which for someone who's never gone through it, it's hard to explain, but you really will become a different person. You'll learn how to do this forever. It's not going to become a stressful thing. At the end of it, 
You'd be like, man, I love this. This is great. I enjoy taking care of myself. I know how to take care of myself. I have this great relationship with food. Exercise is a part of my life. Um, and then the downstream effects. And doing that on your own without a good coach or guide, oh man, that's going to be, it's almost impossible. It, it's it, These are skills that you're going to want to hire somebody who knows how to walk you through that. You're just, you're going to want to do that. And there's nothing that compares. Nothing comes close. And so um, I wish more people knew that. You know, I think the level of coaches and trainers have, have gotten significantly better. Too. That's so true. Mm -hmm. You know, when we, there was a, there was a massive gap. I felt like when we started 20 plus years ago, as far as like your, how, how educated experienced coaches and trainers were, it's become such a, a big industry now. And it's so popular uh, that it's become competitive. And in order to be a good coach and trainer, like you've, you had to have gone through courses and certifications mm -hmm. and experience. And so you know, in the past I used to, I remember when I first started training and, and clients would like move somewhere else and they'd be in search of another really good trainer. I'd be like, God, I cannot find another really good trainer. I don't feel like it's that way anymore. I feel like every probably gym or every town has got quite a few really educated, uh, train just because information, uh, the way it flows now that you can get that in anywhere on the internet now. So finding somebody who is, uh, a, a good coach and trainer is a lot easier than what it used to be. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So obviously, you know, being a health and fitness podcast, we, we've been approached by countless, um, trainer and coach courses, right? Cause it makes sense. Like, Oh, you guys are real popular. Um, a lot of trainers and coaches listen to our podcast. So if you guys could just talk about our certification, it would be great. And we turn, you know, 99% of them down, not because they don't present good information. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a, you know, nationally recognized certification that doesn't present good information. They all have good information. The problem was none of them were teaching trainers and coaches how to actually train and coach people successfully. They, they gave them the, the building blocks. Here's macros, here's calories, here's fats, right. here's proteins, carbs. Here's the exercises, how to do them properly. Just the education, not the application. Yeah. Like, but how you coach someone, how you walk them through, you know, being more than just a walking, talking <clears throat> Google, right? Mm -hmm. Like here's the challenges that they have. They're not fitness fanatics. This is how you communicate with them. Here's what, here's how you can help them move along this process. None of them did that. When we were approached by NCI, they were one of the first ones that we actually saw do that. Like when I went through and when we went through their stuff and then we met with Jason Phillips, this, they were small back then. Mm -hmm. We met through met with Jason Phillips and that was the first thing he said. He goes, look, uh, information's great, application's everything. And we were like, okay, you're, you're speaking our language. Well, I mean, for me, it was like the, the most frustrating part was to, to be in the same gym with some of these trainers that were in a caliber way beyond me. Like they're just fully educated, um, you know, a great example of a coach, but they, they had terrible business practice, business acumen. They just didn't know how to run their own finance and, and, you know, market themselves and put themselves out there and to inevitably where they couldn't sustain a business for themselves to keep doing it. They had to move on to a different industry and a different career path because it's like that, resource really wasn't available in order to teach people that are like, you know, that highly educated, but also are like that passionate about it, but don't have, you know, the business side of it really figured out. Don't you guys feel like NCI is just a small example of like how education is going to be disrupted in the future totally. anyways? Yeah. Totally. Because like when you think about somebody who gets a, uh, a business degree, you know, and, and you know how to write a business Great plan example. and you understand uh, how to, you know, balance an Excel sheet and stuff like that. It's like, oh, this is all great, but 
that's not what makes a great entrepreneur. Most, I'll take an entrepreneur who's failed six times than the, you know, the master's resilient. Yeah. The master's degree in business fresh out of school because experience, they know how to apply the application. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about right now is that, you know, the, the application part is so important and that doesn't mean that the education isn't there. It's just that we've taught education a certain way for so long that here, like, like here are the X's and O's, but I feel like NCI did such a good job of bridging that gap. I mean, you were big before we even met NCI, Justin, you were a huge fan of like precision um, nutrition, Uh which is incredible, right? They got incredible information, but that was the, the example that I remember, you know, Jason uses like, man, they're incredible. The information they have is, is fire. Just like Sal, your point about Mm -hmm. all these national certifications. But one of the things that left almost all of my trainers like lost was, okay, now how do I take all this great uh, information that I have about training the body and nutrition and how do I now apply that to make money and yeah. be successful because it results out of my clients. Yeah. Well, that's a yeah. big part of the business is to, to be able to run a business. Yeah. You know, it's great that you uh, uh, understand physiology and nutrition uh, like the back of your hand. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand how to create a business on it, you're only going to go so far. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I'm, I'm about, I'm in the process of hiring um, a trainer for my dad. And so you guys know I work out um, there's, a, there's a gym locally that I work out at and I watch the trainers training clients mainly because it's, you know, it's my space. So I'm just, you know, I see what they're doing or whatever. And there's one guy that kind of stood out. And first of all, all the trainers there understand exercise form and technique. And I think that that's like the minimum, like if you don't understand exercise technique, that stuff like that's like the bare minimum. But what I was looking for was how they apply it when they train different people. Do they adjust the intensity properly? When the client asks them a question or poses a challenge, how do the how does the trainer explain something? How are they able to communicate something? Are they able to guide this person from where they're at, meeting them where they're at, to where they want to go? What does that look like? And so I've been paying attention, paying. I found a guy and I approached him, and, and I'm going to end up hiring him because I've seen him hire young people, old people, people who can't move well, and I can see him adjust according to the person, how to apply the training, how to work with them. That's what you want to think about when you hire a coach or trainer. Is this person, can they, not just do they know exercise, okay? That's like the bare minimum. Like you better know exercise if you're a trainer. That's like, you know, it's like if you're an author, do you know how to read? Great, you're an author. No, that's the bare minimum. What you want is, can I see myself working with this person and being guided through the most challenging times I'm going to have with my diet and my exercise. Not right now when I'm motivated and hiring them because that's easy. Oh, I'm so motivated. Let me hire you. Yay, I'm going to do whatever you tell me. Great, that's not going to last. Can I see this person being somebody that I want to work with when I don't want to do what they're telling me? How are they going to approach that? Are they going to hammer me? How am I going to respond to that? Or are they going to understand and help coach me? Are they going to work with me when I'm in good moods, bad moods, motivated, unmotivated? Am I going to want to show up and see this person when I don't feel like working out not because I want to work out, but because I don't mind seeing this person. That's a big one too. That's what you want to look for. Am I going to find that guide that's going to coach me along the way? You know what it's like? It's like movies with martial arts masters. You ever watch like these, these like fictional movies and they got the martial arts master and it's like what they end up showing is that the martial arts master is more like a life master mm-hmm. and it teaches the disciple how to become this incredible martial artist. And it's less about like the special technique that they teach them and more about these life lessons. I know I'm sounding very philosophical and esoteric. I'm going a little, a little wild. Yagi. But, <laughs> very true. I can't help but think about that. 100%, right? That's literally what a great Paint coach, what a yeah. great coach or trainer will do for you. And the cost literally is, I mean, you could spend as little as a couple hundred bucks a month and have them train you, you know, once every other week or, or once a week, or you could see them three days a week and spend more. 
But dollar for dollar, there's nothing that I can think, there's no, not even our programs come close to working with a good coach or trainer. Yeah. There's nothing on a dollar for dollar basis that you can invest in that'll even come within the same universe as to what a good coach or trainer will do for you if you're serious about doing this and achieving this and accomplishing it forever. If that's your goal and you got money to spend and you want to invest, you're like, I'm serious about this. Don't waste your money on anything else. Hire yourself a really go a good coach or trainer. They'll they'll do more for you than almost anything else okay. that's out there. So speaking of um, martial artists and like, let's go in this direction. I had some great uh, fun facts that I I found out over the weekend. I was like reading this article, um, and there's this article about our beloved movie Predator, right? Uh -oh. With all don't, of our action hero stars, everybody. Yeah. I'm gonna okay. warn you right now. Do you know? Don't do it. Do you know? Who was originally cast as the Predator monster? Like what real person? You don't know this? Yes. Hold on a second. This is going to blow your mind. Hold on a second. I don't. Dude. I don't. John claude Van Damme. Oh. Oh, really? Wow. John claude Van Damme. Really? Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. So who eventually became the Predator? Um, I forget his name. I'm, I'm, it was a big so dude. what was the it was theory? A big guy. So okay. why why were they going to even use him? What was it like? Was he, was yeah. Predator going to have like? Uh, uh, have to do martial arts. So this yeah. is before Bloodsport. So he didn't. He wasn't really like a huge star at the time. Wait, Predator came out before Bloodsport? Yeah. Oh, okay. Bloodsport was like six months after. Oh, okay. I okay. The only reason because it like the, this whole thing how it all transpired was a pretty funny story actually because, um, I guess they cast him initially because the Predator monster itself was going to be like smaller and more shifty and like more ninja like. And so he kind of like fit that mold a little bit better. Oh yeah. Uh, and, but it, and, and I'll show you, there's a picture Scroll of him. That, there's a picture it. of him actually in the suit that they were going to have him use. And so basically what happened was like, it was a rubber suit and this rubber suit and now they're in Mexico and it's like, you know, 90 something percent humidity. He's wearing this rubber suit. He kept passing out. Uh, oh, really? on shoot because he was just Too like hot. so hot and like and the thing is the thing was so restrictive for movement so he was all pissed off and being all snippy with the director because it's like i can't move and do my you know splits and like cool <laughs> shit and was like complaining about the the costume being so restrictive and trying to get them to change it it's, it's kevin peter hall that's the guy who became Predator. so he's a real tall guy that's who yeah. actually became predator and so basically uh turns out the the director was like giving him like an ultimatum. He's like, and he, this happened a few times. He kept passing out, and he's like, if you pass out one more time, you're fired. <laughs> like, like he can help the <laughs> yeah, fact yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. ninety percent humidity. <laughs> it's like he's the like, rubber suit like isn't going to change. Pass out, yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so what? they give him the they give him the axe, and 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 basically, so like, that's so it wasn't rocks. like he turned down the thing. It was like he was actually doing it, and then just. Yeah, apparently he had a bad attitude on set, but who wouldn't? Like, yeah. they're fucking. Well, bro, out. first of all, okay, it's got to be the most macho, uh, like, staff ever or or actors ever in one movie. You have yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura, yeah. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Uh, I can't Apollo. remember the names. These are all like. Uh, just massive bodybuilder dudes. And um, uh, who else? Just like, so the Predator, yeah. So he was a big guy. And that's, that's. I don't think that was the actor, I'll be honest, Doug, that you're yeah, showing. It was. Yeah, it was. He was from the second one. I, I'm pretty sure. I looked it up for the original. That yeah. was him. No, that was him. 1987? Okay. Is that yeah. the original? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. But anyway, he's huge too. So, yeah. No, he was buff. He was just like leaner. He's tall. Like a tall guy. Yeah. Well, that's that's better than than 
Uh, maybe, well, see, John Clavin had a cocaine problem. I wonder if he was doing it back then, too. And oh, around. he did? Uh, yeah, oh, maybe. Oh, I don't know. That. I don't know if it was later, though. I just thought that was a trip. I'm like, who would have thought another action hero was did in any, there? I didn't even know. Did any actor in the 80s that got famous have not have a cocaine problem? <laughs> I mean, come on, like really? Every stand-up comedian, like 80s, 80s, every... That's a short list. <laughs> yeah, like 80s to 90s, you got a lot of money and you're famous in Hollywood, like, uh, and you didn't Yeah, let's cocaine. pick an A-lister that wasn't, like, yeah. a cokehead. Yeah. 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 I just Ready. watched... Uh, Arnold. Arnold wasn't a cokehead. Okay. He was having sex with a cow. He doesn't count. He had, a, he had a whole host of <laughs> was, other things. He was banging his housekeeper, yeah. that's why. Yeah. Yeah. And having... Hey, how funny is... Okay, look. I love Arnold, but, you know, here's what's funny. He has an illegitimate right child with his housekeeper. I don't know if you've, have you guys seen pictures of all those kids? Yeah. The one that's the, the, the illegitimate one that's kid the spot yeah. on. Yeah. The, the, like he could never deny it. Yeah. This kid looks identical to yeah, Arnold. No, he, and he wants to and be And he's, like have him. you seen pictures of him? He, he's bodybuilding. Yeah, no, he's totally into it. He, he can he, tell he wants to be his dad. He I looks mean, like yeah. him. He moves like him. He poses like him. It's pretty funny. Be interesting to see He's what his exactly like, uh, like his, what his personal life is. He looks. From, They've got a relationship now. Yeah, I know. From what I see on social media, he looks like he's got his head screwed on, right? Like he doesn't look like he's all fucked up. That'd no, be a no. tough. That'd be tough shoes to fill. To look like him, to also want to be into bodybuilding and do that, like that's a lot to put yourself out. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah, but you know what? When that your might, dad is that might Arnold? drive him too, though. Maybe you know what I mean, right? Maybe. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's all about the kid, right? How, mm -hmm. how the kid receives that or whatever. You know whose story I was watch I watched uh, on the flight home. I watched that new, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's the, it's the Whitney Houston story. So I've seen a documentary on her before, but this wasn't a documentary. It was more of a movie. And uh, they just told more uh, more parts about her life I didn't realize. And then afterwards, I always, you know, anytime I watch like a, a story about a, a, a real person, I get on Google. Yeah. Like, you know, oh yeah, what about the, what happened to the kids and this and that? I didn't realize that her her daughter died the same way that she did. Oh, oh no. that's true. Yeah, basically doing drugs and drown in the bathtub. Damn. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that? I didn't know that uh, until no. after the movie. I oh, was just like, sad, yeah, well, I was so curious about her her only mm. daughter. And her only daughter basically died 20-something years old on a drug overdose, drowning her, just her, like she did. Man, Ooh. when she got with Bobby Brown, that was like, so that was a spiral of Okay, the, so you know what's shit. interesting about that? So, okay, that's exactly what I said. And I thought. But and that was what was interesting about the way they told this story was most people think that Bobby Brown got her into all the, the drugs. influence. She was already doing all kinds of drugs it. before. Yeah. yeah. So wow. I mean, not that. I mean, obviously he wasn't yeah. good for her either. And he's got like seven kids. Yeah. So, but it was I, just I, that famous. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. He dropped he was, his coke. Yeah. Bag. On, on yes, Arsenio bro, Hall. He was dancing. It. And then I'll he never dropped forget that. little eight ball. What? You've never seen that? And no. he just goes oh, and scoops it up. up. This is the oh most famous. He dropped oh. drugs on the, literally like, he dropped a bag of cocaine and it is very obvious it's cocaine and he picks it up and he's on soul. It's on soul train. It's Bobby Brown soul train coke back it'll fucking yeah it'll pop up soul train is this soul no. train arsenio hall arsenio oh, oh hall, it was yeah. arsenio oh it was arsenio hall he's yeah. performing he's on the, yeah. the show performing yeah. I, I remember it but vividly. I, you know i hated soul train i hated it you know why why because oh, it was right after cartoons right? yes yeah <laughs> you knew cartoons were over saturday morning cartoons and we're done wow i didn't mind it yeah i think i found it here oh you can't miss it you can't miss it. Yeah, I got. I got. It flies out of his. It flies out of his, and he mid song scoops it up. But you can totally tell it's a bad. How do you play that off? He he did. He played it off pretty good. Just hey, he kind of dances his way over. Yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, he's dancing like that while he flies out, like the panic going on in his mind though, like oh shit, 
<laughs> that I mean, was bad though. No, it wasn't bad at all. It looked like it was part of his dance moves. Yeah, but I mean that camera angle, like that's obviously we're looking at it from yeah. a far TV and Doug's you a tiny. You see a white. You bag. you uh, you see it's a white <laughs> twisted up bag. I mean it's speaking, as obvious. Hey, speaking to of me. dancing, you brought up yeah. Bloodsport. Yeah, the, my favorite dance scene of all time in any movie. Any movie. Remember the scene in Bloodsport when John Claude Van Damme is taken to the bar. And he's got he got drunk. Like fight dances. And then he does this weird dance, like mm, like does oh, this weird yes. dance like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, it was all awkward. And he's like, who dances that. like yeah. that, dude? Did, did you see the video? Nope. I, yeah, 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 dude. Why is he like dancing that. Yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Did you see the video? I, this was right when you got back on Instagram that I tagged you on that the they said there was a video of you dancing. Yes. It was the guy where he did all his moves were workout moves, tricep extension, oh, right, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, chest press. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> I can see Sal. Yeah. No, I told you guys. My, I told you guys. I learned how to dance because I can't. Yeah. I do that. I do that. I can't dance. Dance. Right? Remember, that? you plant your feet in one place. Yeah. And you just kind of move your hand a little bit and then go yeah. like this with somebody. That's it. You don't. That's all you much. really have to do. Yeah. yeah. You don't do anything else. Just swivel the hips a little. Damn, dude. It. Yeah. That in uh, in in Predator. Do you ever watch the scenes where Jesse Ventura and Arnold are digging at each other and talking shit? Have you ever seen those? No. Oh, it's so great, bro. Because uh, they work out together. Mm -hmm. And Jesse's like, you know, talking about how he lifts more. He's got bigger arms than Arnold. Arnold talks Arnold was like, a great shit talker, dude, I'm sure. Oh, the best. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the, sure the, Ventura the, got absolutely it. The one, best. one of the absolute greatest. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, crazy for stuff. Sure. I have something for you guys that's uh, chat GBT related. Did you see the news on the kid that killed himself because chat GBT told him to? No, it I didn't. Did. Yes, because of climate. Crazy, huh? I mean, Look it is, up, Doug. is that verified? I thought that was like a, a crazy, like spoof article or something. Because oh, it was I don't so out there. I oh, don't God. think so. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't do like crazy digging. Maybe Andrew can fact check me or it's Doug. Like, I like that. That's something that you like. He prompted it. Something yeah. obviously prompted. Obviously, so he's that, looking for an excuse, right? Like he prompted <laughs> it. Like you know, I can't remember what the prompt was, but it was. Yeah, just, he's obviously a poor kid who's disturbed. Obviously. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. You don't just kill yourself. According to this, it's a married father. Oh he kills God. himself after talking to AI chatbot for six weeks about his climate change fears. Six weeks? Oh, man. Oh, man. So wow. it is true. I wow. thought, okay, that's just, okay. wild, right? That's terrible. Wow. Is that crazy or Speaking what? Speaking of chat. Just a little alarming, you know? Yeah. Speaking of chat GPT, okay, that doesn't alarm me because it's sad. That's very, very sad. Um, but here's what alarms me. Did you guys see the, the letter that was written? <clears throat> by um, researchers and signed by some of the smartest people in the world who are calling for AI experiments to be shut down. I thought Elon was part of that. An open letter signed by artificial intelligence researchers, directors of institutes, and CEOs of social media sites, including Elon Musk. Yeah, I heard that. Has asked for, has asked for all AI experiments to be paused immediately, given the profound risk to society and humanity if an advanced AI was created without proper management and planning. So these are some of the smartest people in the world. I swear to God, this feels like a movie. Yeah. Where the scientists like, hey, everybody, we should, you know, and, and you're watching the movie, you're like, why don't Not a good idea. Why don't you listen to that guy right there? It's saying, like a few people like, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, shut up. Yeah. yeah. We <laughs> shouldn't do it. We shouldn't open the portal. <laughs> yeah. you know, nah, we're going to open the portal. So much money. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's crazy. When yeah. these people who are literally profiting from potentially this particular technology are saying, stop it immediately. We need to slow Yeah, down. it's like, what do they see? Because they're the ones, like, too, part of the behind the scenes of the engineering side. I'm sure, like, a lot yeah, of these experiments weird. aren't even coming out. It is a public. little weird that, like, Elon is on that one. I mean, he put it out there to be used, like, for free, right? right? So they, they, they made it open like that. 
Um, and he's part of the creative, the people, early people that created it. Um, I wonder what he sees right now that makes him all of a sudden want to yeah. reverse. Well, what they halt on it. What they've been saying is that it's there's a right now there's an AI arms race that's happening among private companies. So they are mm -hmm. so much money is being invested. <clears throat> and one thing that Silicon Valley does very well, or the tech space in general does very well is that when there's a new potential technology or platform, they jump on it and it advances dramatically quickly. They, they get un almost unlimited money. They have crazy amounts of talent and they're very, very ultra competitive. And it becomes yeah. who can do this better and faster, which is good until we run into something like this where we don't necessarily know what we're creating. And that's the fear. The fear is- They must have seen something. Well, I think that they're seeing it. Yeah. They're seeing we don't necessarily know what we're creating and what this could potentially do. We've never had anything smarter than us on earth ever. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? It's not that they think for sure it's going to do something bad. It's the potential for it to like, imagine living on a planet. Imagine this, like who's the, what would you guys say are the second smartest creatures on earth? Dolphins, chimpanzees. Whales. You could probably Google that. Yeah. You probably ask Chad GPT and they tell yeah. you. <laughs> GPT will let it's you all know. we are. Me. But we will be first <laughs> within three weeks. Yeah. Okay. So let's just five days. let's just say for argument's sake that it's chimps. Okay. Chimps. Dolphins. Dolphins. Okay. Dolphins are the second smartest. Okay. Mm. Imagine if we are dolphins and now Chad GPT is humans. Like dolphins can't do they don't they're hella smart, but they're like dumb compared to us. Imagine if we were dolphins and now we have AI walking around looking at us like we're dolphins. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're we're going to get ridden in some amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you're second, dude. We're going to be jumping through. We're going to put you in an amusement park. It's <laughs> <laughs> just at the will of these robots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, did you ever, God, did you ever hear about that study with that, that, that I think I brought it up on the show a long time ago. This, <laughs> this researcher was, uh, was trying to communicate with dolphins and, and they would give it like LSD to try yeah. to see if they could figure so it out. Anyway, they had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> what? She got caught jerking it off. Yeah, they had to stop the the, the research because she was having sex with a dolphin. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, bro. Okay, so is she taking LSD too? Well, here's the thing. Or just a dolphin. I the think dolphin is smart. It learned that uh, it would it would basically like tell her tell her like and communicate with her after he was feeling better. <laughs> oh, so so that's so, so she was, trained her to do that. Basically. I was just kidding. Yeah. So she, <laughs> wow, that's what she. It said. was like, whoa. Yeah. I, I got to do a correction though. Number one is orangutan. Okay. Oh, really? Number two is the dolphin. Three is chimpanzee. All right. I mean, I think. Okay. I mean, sure. I mean, I, I don't know how they determine this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. How would you determine that? <laughs> they talked to him for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Octopus are supposedly really smart too. Yeah. Oh are. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. watch that documentary? That was They're a good documentary. No, I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch that? No. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good little documentary. That's the one where he makes friends with it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was really good until the the end where he gets obsessed. I think always. I mean, I think it's like, oh, this was interesting because yeah. I mean. But of course, you need somebody who's obsessed to do that much consistent research. So, so let own. me ask you guys a question. So yeah. I was thinking about this after I read this this letter that these really smart people that we should probably believe who know more about this than all of us who say yeah. we should halt this. Mm -hmm. uh, I was thinking about this a little bit over the weekend and I thought, okay, what creature, what animal on earth basically figured this out and just hitched a ride on humans and is like, all right, we're just going to become their best friend now. Bacteria. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> wow. What are you at? Wait, how are you? What, what animal on earth? Okay. Basically figured out, 
oh, these are the smartest freaking creatures. We should just like, you should just be cool with them because they'll just take care of us. Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Dogs. yeah. yeah. So what if that's like, you know what I mean? What if like when Back, AI- Bacteria became us. What, I went too far. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped. What if- like, jumped the shark Hey, the what if like AI takes over- and we're like trying to resist. We're trying to fight back. But then there's a segment of humans are like, fuck, just be pets. Yeah, I'm going to be cool with these. Yeah, motherfuckers. that's just, a very interesting. Like, just thought. feed me. Yeah, screw you guys. You know what I mean? Like, no, nah, yeah. we're just going to be their pets. You know, we're just going to uh, be, cool, be cool with like, it. Yeah, yeah, make peace with that. Damn. You know what I saw? Speaking of all this like weird technology and stuff, um, <laughs> I, have you guys ever heard of these? Uh, uh, I think it's called green trees. I wrote it down. Doug, what is it? Is it yeah, green I've, heard of, I've heard or, of green trees before. Li liquid, no, <laughs> liquid green trees. Oh, no, I've never heard of liquid green Yeah, trees. liquid. Have you guys ever heard of these? No. Oh, dude, pull up an image of this, Doug. This is really uh, interesting. It's, And I'm curious to what your thoughts on it. It's a bit brilliant, I think, as far as like what the, the concept. But it emits CO2 just like a, a real tree does. But it's a fake liquid tree for in cities. Wait, it emits oxygen. Yeah. And absorbs oh, CO2. Oh, excuse me. Absorbs CO2. Oh, my God, it sounds like a car. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> It absorbs hey, everybody. It absorbs CO2 and, and it emits oxygen. It does what it does. Let's warm it up. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. opposite. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, we have cars for that, Adam. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, so it's a fake. Okay. It's, it's an artificial okay. tree. Yeah, it's not so even a tree. Like it looks like that this like green liquid and it absorbs the CO2 as much as a, I think a tree that is like 30 years old. So like a mature, uh, as good as much of a, a mature tree absorbs and admits it does that little liquid thing right there. And then it spits out oxygen. Yes. What is it made with bacteria? Is it bacteria? In it's a uh, microalgae. Ah, there you go. See, it's got mm -hmm. something in there. It's got mm -hmm. a plant in there. So it's got algae. Okay. So it's not purely artificial. Yeah. But I mean, interesting though, no? Yeah. yeah. That is fascinating. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's there's actual controversy around it, but I, I why? that's why I don't know, just because it's not a real tree. It's discriminating. I mean, just plant <laughs> yeah, trees. Like it's, it's yeah. The tree association. It's yeah, kind of yeah. silly. Yeah. yeah. Well, my thought is what goes into making these things? You know, yeah. How much carbon is produced as you create these oh, boxes with this goo in it? You're at a net negative for sure. I yeah, maybe, huh? I want to read more about that. That's weird. I mean, uh I mean it's cool, but I don't know about you, but I don't want to want to necessarily drive down the road and see a bunch of green, just, yeah, just green, green. I, and I think that's part of the, the the negative that trees look nicer, right? But then I I think the idea of this is for like like cities, like downtown San Jose. It's not like downtown San Jose has a beautiful apple tree in the middle, no, of the, you know. Yeah. So it's got right now. It's a, a bus stop and some bum. Yeah. So it's, it would take, yeah. it would take that's, over. that's a politically correct term, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many times I have to tell you. Stop. Stop. I'll give a shit. You can't say bum. Oh, but that's what is the word that we. That's what it is right now, and so I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing that instead, right? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Interesting, right? Well, that's cool. I, know. I mean, innovation is ultimately what's going to solve. All, I mean, that's how we've ever solved any problems. Innovation, not yeah. by going backwards. Yeah. So, hey, speaking of uh, <laughs> cool stuff, my my two year old man, this kid cracks me up. So, so, so oh, Jessica does a really good job. We got some kid story for you too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. So we'll we'll talk about our kids. So he she does a really good job of getting him to understand uh, feelings, how to learn how to regulate his own emotions and. So the old school way of dealing with a kid with a tantrum is you put them in timeout, you ignore them, whatever. She's like, and we're, we're we've been taking this course. I brought it up already. This uh, this woman, Doctor Becky, she's got this great page on on Instagram. She talks about how you teach a child to to regulate. It's definitely longer, take, definitely takes more work, but they become more emotionally intelligent at a younger age. So I saw this firsthand uh, the other day, right? So. One thing she advises is you can't be perfect. Your kid's throwing a tantrum, throwing a fit. At some point, you get dysregulated. And you need to take a break yourself because you can't just be like perfect. 
So that's what happened. He was doing this thing and Jessica had been dealing with him throughout the day. And she's like, I need to take a break. I, you know, mommy needs to go take a break. So I took over. She went into the bedroom or whatever. So she's in there totally upset. And he finally calms down and he goes, I want to go see mama. So I said, all right, buddy. So we go in there and she's in there and she's definitely upset. Right. And he goes in there. He goes, remember he's two years old. He goes, mama, I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I stressed you out. He goes, let me, let me give you a back massage. Oh, <laughs> gives her a back massage. He goes, let me rub your toes. He starts oh rubbing God. her feet. His I'm vocabulary like, already is crazy. I'm like, dude. what? This kid is getting it. Like wow. this, yeah, totally confirms like, like all the hard work, you know, that it's totally working. <laughs> back massage. Well, either he's learning emotional intelligence yeah. or he's really figuring out how to give <laughs> he's, he's and daddy, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> or maybe he watches dad. Dad yeah, does the yeah, same thing. You know, so yeah. like, dad comes home. Mom's really stressed out. Yeah. Honey, let me rub your back. Well, <laughs> obviously he saw that, <laughs> yeah. but to know to say stressed and to know to give her a oh, to him to say that. Yeah, I know his vocabulary. I mean, I was just like, we were his vocabulary is insane. I have like the opposite of story. So that's, I think that was, Oh, you were kind of telling me earlier. I want to hear this. So we were in, we went to, Texas for a wedding uh, this past week, right? So we went to this like park um, where there were like porta potties where we had to go to the bathroom. And at one point, my son had to go to the bathroom. And he just got potty trained. Yeah, he's been potty trained for a while. Actually, okay. he's actually really good. He'll tell me when he's got to go and everything like that. We haven't had any accidents or anything, so he's he's been great for a long time now. Um, but what this story for me was, it was actually more about myself. It really highlighted like being an older father and just being calm and patient through like just crazy shit that happens when you have a kid, you know what I'm saying? Where I, I like in the moment I totally like handled it. And I thought, man, afterwards, God, if I was like 25 year old me, that would have been like a disaster. And then I wonder how he would have reacted to my reaction. Right. So what happens is we go, tells me, he tells me at one point we're all playing around stuff. He's like, daddy, go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, let's, let's go. I walk him up to the porta potty <clears throat> and it, you know, porta potties are disgusting and some of that. I'm like, this will be interesting. This is our first porta potty. Oh, you know, really? yeah, I haven't had to pee in a porta potty with him yet. I didn't really think much of it. I'm like, I'll figure it out when I get in there. And I get in there and I'm like, oh, you know what I'm going to do is I'm stand him up, lift it up, and then he can shoot down in the thing, right? Because he's too short for the. Sounds logical. Yeah, yeah right. Because like, you can't hold him. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, so I, I stand him up right there. Well, what I wasn't ready for was as soon as I dropped his pants, he was ready to go. So I dropped his pants <laughs> and he just starts pissing everywhere. And my poor guy, like he sees he's missing the toilet. And so he freaks out. And instead of like him grabbing and aiming it down, he just puts his hand over it. Oh, so he like, puts, <laughs> his hands, puts his hand over. So it's shooting all over me. It's stretched, <laughs> It's going down his pants. And so, I mean, I wish. And, I oh, bro. And you know what? I didn't. I just. And you're all dressed nice. Oh, yeah. Bro, I just, it's okay, buddy. Just let him go, dude. Just <laughs> let him go. We got sleep. Wow, you stayed chill? <laughs> totally. Didn't freak out. Totally, because I could see- Good for you, I could dude. see yeah. that on his face, you know, there was- I, I could horror. see that he was yeah. he was scared that he was missing. Yeah. I could just see it on his face, and he was trying to stop it from doing that, and the only way he could do it was he just covered his hand over the stream, which, like I said, shot over me, <laughs> yeah. went all down. I mean, we were just- yeah. I mean, I'm just watching it, and it, it was a it lot. more intense. Just, yeah. <sighs> I mean, we just soaked every bit of everything down, and just I just let him finish. I said, that's right. Buddy, don't worry. We got more pants for you. It'll be fine. Wow, yeah, like, great I'm, job! Yeah, I step yeah. down. I open yeah. up the porta potty. Hey, Katrina, yeah. you know, <laughs> give me some clothes. Wow, <laughs> so so she ran the Good car job. real quick. Your instinct would be maybe not to get mad, but to like, no, no, no. Oh, wait, oh, oh yeah, freak yeah. out and then probably scare him. You're right. Him up, like, yeah, we're in a porta potty. New experience for him. You're right. You know what I'm saying. And, wow. And I actually didn't like. It wasn't like I totally thought that that was my natural instinct was to be chill. You know, mm -hmm. it's like.
like the accidents happen. He's a kid. At yeah. the end of the day, we can change clothes. We can wow, wipe down. Great, what, what a great and, job. And, and yeah. it was after the fact that I went, oh, wow, you know what's crazy? It's like, it, for sure, if I was younger, I would have like, oh, oh you know, made a big deal and maybe even yelled at him. You know what I'm saying? Who knows what I would have done? Or just, just even, I mean, you could even do nothing necessarily like yelling at him or anything, but just your energy. Scare him. Yeah, yeah would make him then be afraid to pee in a porta potty. Right. Or be afraid to have right. an accident. In front and of and I could, and I saw it when he was when it started happening wow. and i could see it in his eyes like he knew he was making a mistake and his just natural reaction was to put his hand in front of it so it wouldn't go all over the place and all over me anymore and instead it just started going all down him it was all right just it's okay dude wow. just <laughs> finish it's like oh shit wow good job <laughs> dude. Oh, dude i was actually supposed to go uh i was supposed to go meet up with taylor who lives in austin he hit me up he knew i was there I said, hey, you know, yeah, I'll swing by. I'm at the park with all the families of that. And then I, I he probably thinks I'm lying to him because I, you know, I, I was, I had My one, kid peed on me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I go, I go, well, you know, we, we, we typically pack a uh, change of clothes for him, but not for dad. <laughs> so we don't really. Hey, so you just, the rest of the party had pee on you? Well, we ended up leaving pretty soon after that. And it wasn't that he didn't get me as bad as he got himself, yeah. you know, but it was, and I was like, whatever, you know, so it was, uh, and I used some wipes and to clean him up and me. And That's but, so cute though. It was it was quite the experience. First pot of por or porta potty experience. Bro, I'm, it's I'm, memorable that way. Right? I'm, oh, yeah. I'm literally <laughs> learning right now. I'm literally learning right now the, the most important skill that you can create. And you have to build this skill. That's why I think you, you said what you said is like you're older. So it's like you might not have had the skill when you were younger. But they said literally that the most important skill you can have as a parent is, to be, able, crisis. is to be able to regulate. Yeah. It's to be able to because... And then the example that, that this woman gives, and I'm learning so much. It's really good. She does good examples. The example she gives is like you're on a plane and you hear the pilot come on over the intercom. <coughs> the energy, not just what the pilot says, but the energy. How he says it. Yeah. So if it's like bumpy yeah. and the pilot comes on and like, oh, yeah, okay, everybody. Like, we're, you know, we're good. We're yeah. going to be, you're like, everyone's going to be like freaking out, right? Yeah, yeah. But if he comes on and like, hey, everybody, it's just, you know, regular turbulence. We're going to be talking. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. You know, they're in control. So the kid watches or even just senses the energy that dad and mom have. Uh -huh. And then that's what they'll learn from. That's how they learn how to regulate. So here's something that'll trip you out. But a boy, bit. that's a skill, dude, because, you know, literally, you were getting peed on yeah. at a wedding. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's you know what's <laughs> like what, what I thing. thought was really wild, and this all kind of like unfolded afterwards. It's not like I had this like crazy moment where I was like, "Oh, this is the right thing to do." Like I reacted the way I've been training myself as a father to react, and then afterwards, like instantly afterwards, what I started thinking about, I actually flashed back to childhood memories of my mom reacting kind of crazy mm -hmm. to accidents and things yeah. like that to me, mm -hmm. like I, memories that have been buried for most of my life surfaced of myself. And mm -hmm. I went, oh shit, how crazy is that? Which is what made me tell a story that way of like, oh wow, you know, it's like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal how I reacted. I reacted how I normally react with my son. I'm very calm and cool with him and so that. But then I realized like, oh shit, I my mom reacted very different to same type of crisis situations with me and it's forever fucking in, embedded in me. Like, mm -hmm. and it's a tr it was a traumatic experience for me. Like I remember it and it was like a bad memory yeah. that yeah. I hadn't thought about in a really long time until after the fact that all played out. So. Right, right, right. Wow, what a wow. great job, bro. Wild, yeah. huh? That's I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, funny, right? So I got some uh, <clears throat> some science news for you guys. I, You know, this is something I've, I've, uh, I've thought about in the past. I know Justin, you and I have commented on this. Okay. Before on the podcast, just something that just just doesn't make any sense. I'm trying to figure it out. Like, doesn't make mm. any sense. Like foot fetishes just don't make any damn sense. <laughs> yeah, feet are gross. Yeah. Why nasty. are people all into feet? 
I have so no weird. idea. It's anyway, they, beyond me. they have a theory as to why. I was reading this article. I have a theory on that stuff. They have an art. Really? Let me I hear do. Your, let me hear if you're I close. Do. So my, my theory is like, I mean, whenever you have like it through like your formative years of like teenage, mm -hmm. like puberty and like finding out about masturbation, all this stuff like that. If you have anything ar around connected in those moments, like for example, I have like the first time a girl ever touched me physically like that. I was like deathly sick. And so still to this day, I could be like dying sick and I'm in the really mood. Horny. Yeah. yeah, I am in the mood. Like, <laughs> like, I get in the mood right away. It's so it's funny. It's such a weird combination yeah. to it, see you too because you're in a bad, horny mood. You're yeah. bad <laughs> and you're horny. <laughs> just blown. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, uh, Adam, but I mean, I think that I do. I think that. <laughs> I stay extra away from you. So I. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. He's all angry and horny. Yeah, I'm not right, going to help so, you in any so I, I know I mean, how to make you not angry anymore. So when I think of someone who maybe has like a foot fetish, I think of the kid who maybe is, you know, teenage years and you know the girls sitting at maybe you're at the cafeteria and she takes her shoe off and she starts playing footsies yeah. with your shit and that's like your first like so what you're talking so about that's, that that was like a thing in the 80s where like everybody's at totally. the dinner table and then they take the shoe off and they're like yes <laughs> like <laughs> Who does that? Nobody. Does Nobody anybody does anybody ever done that? that? Like, that's been in movies. I've never known in real life. Somebody's just sitting there like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like under the table. Did that ever happen? Yeah. Hey, and I like it. The movies when the girl's doing it, she thinks she's doing it to her boyfriend, but she's doing it to yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, her. And he fuck? just kind of looks around like, mm. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so what you're talking about is called imprinting and that's a real thing too. Okay. Uh, but that's not what they talk about uh, in this article, but that can definitely happen. So yeah. like there was this, one I mean, that's how I've always like, when people have these weird so that's so so it's interesting like there's a book called a billion wicked thoughts i think this is in that book and they talk about how this this kid the first one of the first times they orgasmed uh they noticed a spider was on their arm and they created this now they're all in spiders printed that yeah that, that that creates arousal so that actually happens but the i read in this article that, <laughs> say what the kid's never gonna get laid <laughs> no, no. <laughs> somebody wants a spider hey babe involved. can you dress up as a <laughs> Spider. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So what this talks about is they they are finding that the parts of the brain that processes sensations in the feet. Oh, that would have been another good guess. Is how many also, nerve uh, how many nerve endings do we have in our feet? There's more lots, than anywhere else. Yeah. So there's lots of nerve endings, but the parts of the brain that process some of these nerve uh, impulses or whatever uh, uh, you know feelings are is very closely connected or near to the parts of the brain that process orgasm. So it's very, very close. So they talk about this, this, this woman who she had a, uh, she had this medical uh, um, procedure done. And then afterwards she came back and complained because she kept getting orgasms that were coming from her foot and they couldn't figure out what was going on. And they put it down. They first, they called it, you know, it was type of, uh, you know, nerve damage or whatever. But it kept happening, and they, they, the, and again, the sensations start in her foot, would go through her vagina, have these orgasms, and they're saying no, it's it may be because the parts of the brain that process sensations in the feet are so closely, in just just in terms of distance, so close to the parts of the brain that process orgasm. Like, so this makes is, a crossover. <laughs> yeah. So this is a similar. Uh, like, have you guys ever noticed that? Okay. Uh, so what about the guy that sucks the toes? I mean, I mean, I think it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah, ever, be, have you, have you ever had someone like read your feet before? <laughs> what? Yeah. what? Yes. No. Katrina could do that. What? 
Yes. Read your like, feet. I've, so yeah, okay. So because of all the because of all the nerve endings that are in your in your feet, like uh, like like these massage therapists, like Katrina, will oh. tell you they like she'll she'll so they start. So with, they'll touch your foot. Mo uh, like most really good massage therapists, you'll notice will start with your feet, they and do. they start with your feet because they're reading your body, and they'll know by where where you're where you're yes. stiff in your feet, where you're probably hurting your shoulder, your neck, your yeah, low they do back. Have Chinese medicine too. Uh. Yes. So what does it say about me that you can't touch my feet at all? Touch my feet. I jump off the table. Yeah. Don't touch my feet. I want to hear what she got. Tell me later. I'll, I'll, yeah, to you, not on air. I yeah, well, I, don't, I mean, you don't know what the answer is. Well, yeah, I don't. Injuries to my feet, like substantial ones. So I don't. I hate when people like massage my toes. I, I, I have a guess based <laughs> off of what I know from her is that you you that means you're holding a lot in yeah. internally a sure. lot you all just over. Know me, so I'll, you just I know. I'm not saying that. I'm not. Uh, ask her. We'll ask. She's here today, so we'll ask her today what 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 it means. If your feet are so overly sensitive. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It just dawned on me. So the guy's sucking the toes. He's pleasuring the. <laughs> but but why? Like like it's gross. Well, so That's why I guess my point is like, oh, the the steps to get there is like yeah, and you know it's, it's and this can't be evolutionary because feet didn't look nice not that long ago. Yeah, well, like, not everything is evolutionary too, right? That's I mean, exactly right. But anyway, so, <laughs> so, so I don't think that is well. So to give an example of of sensations or things that are close to other parts of the brain that can cause this kind of crossover, have you guys ever noticed that among anything, among any of your senses, sight? hearing, touch, smell, nothing will invoke a memory. Like you actually being there, like smell. You ever notice yeah, that? Oh, yeah. You'll oh. smell something and you're there. In instantly. In yeah. a memory. Yeah. Nothing else will do that. Yeah, yeah. And they, they say it's because part the part of the brain that processes smell is so close to the part of the brain that brings up memories. So that's why smell can literally, like, I remember I went when I went into a, a classroom of the elementary school that I went to like years, years later, I don't remember why I was in there. And I, and I the smell brought me back to when I was mm -hmm. a kid, mm -hmm. like instantly I had the memory of, of being there. Yeah. So anyway, I, so what would you think is the next closest? Would you think like hearing, what would, what do you think is the next thing that would That'll bring you like, yeah, uh, yeah. wow. So, cause I, you know, we actually had this, it's funny you're bringing this up because we actually had this conversation this weekend talking about, um, like this is part of my love mm. for music. You're probably right. I love that. Um, one of my favorite parts about music is you can play a song, especially if it's like 15, 20 years old, and I can go to the moment I heard it the first time. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden that becomes like just a very from the intro. Or yeah. Like oh bars. yeah. The song starts yeah. playing, and then I have like a full on memory for you. I can. And but if I didn't hear that song. I couldn't re really recall that memory, but all of a sudden you play that song and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. that's 17 years old, Hawaii, driving it around in the Hyundai little, like, like, like all of a sudden it all comes together. Yeah. So See, wild. The, the nothing lights up the entire brain like music. You guys know that? Well, you know that. Mm -hmm. It's uh, um, Music's weird because yeah. uh, it doesn't, like it helps us with memory, it helps us with processing, it brings up emotions. Um, and literally if you watch the brain on an fMRI machine, Music lights everything up, so that might be why, because it just literally lights up the entire brain, which so makes sense. Because, it would hit that part because even when I have, like I brought up earlier, the the trauma, right, of like the mom thing, like that memory, you know, I, I it brought me there, but not as much as like a song would. Yeah. Mm. A song one, I could give you, like I just said, the details of the car we drove, how warm it was outside, where you know, I mean, like crazy, like amount. you're there, yeah, yeah. like it's interesting because I mean, you've even told me too. I think it's like your uh, relative that like teaches her kids how to memorize things. Yeah. Yes. by singing yes and like that's super powerful that's something that i wish i would have done more but it really worked well on me it'd be interesting to combo that and then like add a little like, little I, told you, I, told, <laughs> <laughs> I told you i told 
Oranges. <laughs> so the school that Ma- the school that Max goes to right now, Challenger, they teach him a lot of stuff like that. Like that's how, like, that's why I thought it was so cool. I'm like, they're learning presidents right now and wars. I mean, the kid's fucking three. Yeah. Like, yeah. how's he doing stuff like that right now? But they do it through song. And so they and they That's and how we've taught humans have taught things dude, before yep. writing which makes, everything that was passed. Which on. makes sense, yeah. right? I mean, that's and you're Justin's referring to Stephanie, like, and her kids are so damn they're all homeschooled. They've all been homeschooled their whole life. Yeah, but and she did a great job. Oh yeah. my god, they're yeah. smart. They're all and they all have it's because of, of song. They yeah. they taught and they brilliant. Yeah. And what's smart about it is it's easier to build on. It's like right until you know the lyrics to like a song, like you, it's like it's hard to forget, right? There's certain songs that you could probably still sing that you remember in high school yep, or whatever. Yep. So what they do is they they start them young with a short, easy, catchy, and then they build on oh, it, yeah. and then build on it, and then build on it, and then before you know, it's like they can, it's like almost like a novel is memorized. Yeah. Well, let me look. Let me ask you guys this: yeah. You guys ever say the alphabet? No, you still sing it. I guarantee. Mm-hmm. Even now, if you say it in your head, you kind of uh, sing the alphabet. Well, yeah. that's why going in reverse fucks you up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because try hard. singing it backwards. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't work. Not, not yeah. I see. Maybe maybe my wife. She's listening to this right now. She's always talking about how I forget everything. Honey, you need to just sing to me. You know. <laughs> there it is. Hey, that's, that's take the out hack. the garbage, please. <laughs> Let's remember this night, for meetings. You know? I mean, I'll, I'll, we'll get Sal's attention. I don't, I don't, smell to I don't, it. I don't think you it'll work. Mean? I think like, it's too late, bro. Like just, it's, <laughs> like, <laughs> my brain's done. <laughs> I'll get out the guitar, dude. We'll figure it out. Hey, Justin wants to talk to you real quick, Sal. Please remove the boxes from the hallway. I still think that you know how you know uh, who drew that 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 one famous artist that drew Joe uh, Joe Rogan and stuff like that. I want her to do one of of Sal. We've talked about this off air uh, many times. Oh, like an animation. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she and, and we I envision your brain, yeah. and you've got like this like you know studies and like all this like she's, crazy she's like history heavy. and like and you got like all Machinery these little guys moving and yeah. so that and it's like it's like do the dishes yeah. and like like you fucking show up to Over a meeting. There. It's one There's guy. Just, empty. Yeah, There's one guy. But like one this. guy, and he's, he's like this, looking like this, like huh? He's sleeping. On the job, he's fucking sleeping on the job. <laughs> There's a desk with hella papers. I can't. Yeah, just like, yeah. I'm by myself. I can't. La, 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 la. You guys need to come help me. No, no, no. We're trying to remember studies on <laughs> yeah, yeah. why feet give people orgasms. Yeah, so we're yeah, yeah, over yeah. here. And speaking of feet, yeah. I have the answer from Katrina on what this means about Sal's you just feet. Oh, oh shit, you did. Yeah, I, so I got it. What so is it? It means they don't want you to know what's going on with them. Wow. Oh, wow. She says feet are the map of the entire body. Yeah. Yeah. How do you so, feel about that answer? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I would agree. <laughs> we'll put all that uh, out there. Make sure we edit that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the truth has been processing. exposed. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. But she knows me too, so she could have just said that. Did you say uh, Sal or did you just ask the question? No, I didn't say his name. She didn't even assist. Oh, I, I intentionally kept that out. Oh, I to see what I mean, trust me, I've been with her long enough to be like, to try and like shit on all the woo woo stuff. And yeah. I continue to get blown oh, away. Oh, this by- is a, what she also wrote. Side note, Adam doesn't believe in that and teases me about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. Yeah, it's so funny. Right? I mean, it's, I, trust me, I mean, anyone gives her shit about all the woo woo stuff. What a dick. You make her think you don't believe it. And then on the yeah. show, you bring it up. Hey, guys, well, here's something cool. Like, but, but actually, <laughs> he but I don't it tell her I do believe it. Yeah. I know. Over, hey, you know listen, what I learned from Katrina? Uh, man, I t- well, you know what it is? Is like I no matter how much I say I don't believe it, like I and I won't tell her, you know, and she'll yeah, start. Shit'll and, happen and make you. And yeah. then I won't say where I'm hurting or anything like that, and then she'll be rubbing my feet, and the next thing you know, she like whoop, slides right to the spot, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's happened enough times now where I'm like, son of a bitch. I don't know. How does she know? <laughs> yeah, how does she know? You know, so it's uh, it's pretty wild. Wow. Dude. Yeah. All right, so I want to I want to talk about whisper. one of our sponsors. I'm still getting good messages about their uh, the pre workout peak power from people. The comments that I'm getting are, uh, and just to be specific, people are saying things like, "That's pre workout in the world." 
Well, uh, along those lines, they're saying they're saying st- universe. They're saying stuff like this, like uh, it was way, it was much more expensive than the pre workouts that I'm used to. But because I trust you guys, whatever, I tried it out. You're totally right. Way better energy, much smoother, no crash, not making me jittery. Doesn't make me feel like crap. Doesn't give me gastro issues. I'm so glad I went with uh, peak power. So. There you Just go. some more, some some more good good comments from there you people. Go. I, you know, before we hang up, I had to bring this news up because this is freaking crazy. I want to talk about it before it's old news. Uh, WWE and UFC. Oh my god! Are so they kidding? merged. Uh, yeah, and I and this I literally happened. this is happening right now. So I don't know. I, I originally I had it in my notes to talk about it as a possibility. I believe right before we got on air, I saw somebody else share and post that it's been confirmed at a twenty one billion dollar deal. Can you double check for me, Andrew or Doug, and let me know? Like, is it for sure it's a done deal? Yes. Well, I don't. It says uh, UFC, and I'm getting a notification. Uh, WWE and UFC will combine to form $21.4 billion sports entertainment company. Endeavor Group Holdings will take 51% controlling interest. I suppose that's the WWE. Yes. That means Uh, Vince McMahon is officially the boss of Dana White. Yeah. Wow. $21 billion. They're trying to go public. So they're going to go public right afterwards. So this is going to crush because oh my it, God, Vince McMahon has proven his yeah. business acumen and model. It just works. And it there's always works. been a lot of crossover anyways. Like, uh, you know, some of their retired athletes have gone over there. They've tried so with you, the kind of CM Punk You think they stopped drug testing, you think? You think they're starting mm, to... Yeah, Lesnar, like, coming back. Like, no, I think you're, you're going to have... You Did know, you guys see the wrestler that they have that's... Uh, he... Oh my God! How big is he? WWE or who? yes, oh. WWE. So he was like supposed to wrestle Brock Lesnar. I've never seen this guy before. He is like a giant. Uh, I, what do you got? Doug? Osmo, I think his name. I don't remember his name. What are you reading, Doug? Uh, well, it looks like the UFC is actually taking fifty-one percent. Oh, UFC. and WWE is forty-nine percent. Oh. oh, oh wow! So nice. Dana so would be boss. Dana. Dana's boss now. That's wow. good. So okay, now you got this going on. You have him. What do you guys think about the whole slap business he's doing right now? I think I mean, that was stupid. I think that was a, yeah, that was a sharp jump. A little side hustle. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay, so that's my initial reaction too, but you got to think this guy has did did his homework. Okay, think, what are all the negative things? So tell me what why you think it's stupid and jumping the shark. I, I, well, okay, here's why I think it's dumb. It's because it's just violence for the sake of violence. You're just knocking each other out. The, okay, that's, the a terrible, that's a terrible point. That's well, a, well, that's, what is the, how is the UFC different? There's technique, skill. They can block. They can fight. Right, these are just like, hit me, hit me, hit me, okay, hit me. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, I could foresee them put celebrities in something like this. Uh, and, and I could see people paying a lot of money. Imagine like, uh, you know, people having beef on social media, go do the slap thing. I, I want to see like Will that. Smith and Chris Rock. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think everybody wants to see that. That would be a good one. Yeah. Well, his name one. is the giant, uh, Omos. Jordan Omo. Yeah, I want to see him. Is he, how big is he? What's his, what's his, what's his specs? Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. He isn't listed on here on his Instagram. But uh, where did you see him? So DC. Um, oh, okay. He was interviewing him. Yeah, Daniel Cormier was interviewing him, and like you know, I mean, DC's not a tall guy or anything, but it was just like he was gigantic. Some of these guys are so big. You remember the big amazingly show? big. Remember Big Show? Yeah. You ever watch bigger than Big Show? You ever yeah. watch Big Show? Just flip over cars, a bunch of cars. There was this one scene where he went out and he just started flipping. Just cars started over. flipping. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just a, imagine you're in the car, like natural <laughs> monster. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> natural monster. Oh my God. It, oh, what? Hold on a second. Is that Lesnar? Seven Logan? foot yeah. three. Yeah. 
Wow. Oh, wow. And he's like filled out. You know, he's he's not like is, a skinny is guy. Is Brock Lesnar back into WWE? Yeah, he's been doing it. Oh, I didn't know that. He's yeah, seven, he only three. He went right back to WWE after. You know what sucks UFC. about that, guys, is that he could literally uh, just, he could take all our lunches and we'd have to give it to him. Like yeah. if he walked in right now and asked <laughs> us for lunch money. Yeah. He could slap you before he even knew it. Yeah, we'd know? just be like, all you right. Know what, I, you know what, though? I, like how often does someone that size live to be much older they than don't. like 50, 60 years old? Huh? They don't make it very They long don't. That's a, that's yeah. a, I think that's one of the downfalls of, of being so, I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to be this celebrity, so that, but then you also have, a, a very low like what is like the old i'd be interesting what is like the oldest seven foot you know 250 pound plus guy life yeah. what's life? the longest they've lived you know what along those lines you brought up whitney at the beginning of the, of the podcast um uh, you know i was talking who was i talking i was talking to somebody and they were talking about how like oh you could be famous or whatever i said you know that that if you just look at the data and the statistics <clears throat> Because people, I think people think fame, they have this idea of fame of, of not of what it's not really is. If you look at the data and the statistics, it's actually one of the worst curses you could ever have is being famous. Totally. If you look at mm -hmm. the mental illness, drug abuse, suicide rate, um, problem, marital problems, like divorce rate, one of the po worst possible things that could happen to you, you know, or, or, or something that's not good. Let me just put it because there's definitely worse things. But fame is not a good thing that could happen to you based on the data. It's actually a bad thing. So if you became famous... <clears throat> People think it would be great. It's not. It's It'd be like, interesting to see at what age does do most people, I think, realize that. I do think that's like an age thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think when you're a teenager, even I, as a young kid, thought, you know, you looked at these famous people, that, oh, that'd be so it's awesome. It's because you yeah. just want love. They can do whatever they you want. You think fame is love. People will love me. That's not what the sense of the same thing at all. You think that's what it is? Yeah, you for want me, people it was like, to like For you, me, it was the you. money and toys. Yeah, that was what it for me. At least that's what it was for me as a young kid. Wait, let me ask you this: as a young kid, if I presented it's you, all the attention, if I presented you fame and money, or just money, would you have chosen fame and money or money? Money. Okay, so yeah. you knew you knew better. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that I would say that I necessarily knew better. I just knew I wanted that more than I cared. Right. About. Right. I never cared. Some about people want fame. No, I know you're right. Some yeah. people yeah. want to be famous, want to be popular, want to be liked, like like that. They care about that. <clears throat> I don't. I didn't care about that. But yeah, maybe I also, I wasn't denied that as a kid either. Maybe if I was a kid who was a loner, no friends, and didn't have any of that, maybe I would. Maybe I'd see like all the cool popular kids and I'd be like, yeah. man, I want that so bad. I want that life. No, it's a curse. And maybe that's what it is when you're a kid and you know, you you're an you're an outcast maybe in like high school and you see the popular kid. Cause that's probably when that matters the most and when it isn't so detrimental when you're just a popular kid in school. And so maybe that's what makes you look towards famous people and be like, I want to be that popular kid so bad. I don't know. Yeah. I think mm. it's just, I wanted the money. The, I saw I, the, I saw the, the cars, the houses, the well, one of the biggest, boats, the shit like that. One of the biggest fears that anybody has is social, you know, being socially ostracized, <clears> right? <throat> like one of the biggest fears is public speaking. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that the opposite side of that would be something you'd want everybody to like me, but it's, if, again, if you forget like your feelings, if you just look at the data and how famous people end up, it's a terrible thing. It's more often a terrible thing than a and, good thing. But don't you think that like you're, we're preaching the choir considering our audience is mostly 30 and above. And so I think that, don't you think that most people older think that? And it's more of a youth thing. Do you? I, think, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm asking. I do that know. out as you get older. Yeah. Right. Like, don't you yeah. think that? Like, I, I feel like. That's like a 20-year-old thing. I don't know how you would Google to fact check me oh, on that, but it's, I feel like that's a- <laughs> Who wants to be famous? Old people or young people? No, I think you're right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like our audience- I, I think mean, older people in general are just wiser. Yeah. You've, like you've been around long. I think it only takes a few, like being connected to enough 
yeah. famous people, whether it's like directly or by mm -hmm. by proxy, you get to meet or know a couple people like that. You yeah, I think it's because too. Yeah, you just don't understand uh, what that all entails and what that lifestyle really looks like right outside to, of what they're portraying. You know, as a kid, you're kind of like into the razzle dazzle and the whole like you know, uh, you get you get wooed by um, everything you're seeing on TV and yeah. movies and whatnot, and yep. and, and you, you start to like idolize them and all this. And when you get older, you're you're like, okay, but yeah. Yeah, I, I understand this, but but everything else going on in your life is like a disaster. Yeah, so. totally. Anyway, I got a shout out for somebody on social media. Great page. They have a lot of followers, uh, but they have great, great uh, information and posts. Uh, it's the holistic psychologist on um, Instagram. And it's there's a period in between each word. So the period, holistic period psychologist. Great posts, great memes. Uh, if you're, you know, want to become more self aware. Is it a business or a person? This is a, a person. Uh, what was the name? Doctor something uh, Lapera. Last name is Lapera. L E P. Girl. Yes. So I yes. think. Did do we reach out to her? I think we reached out to her to the holistic psychologist. I, th I might have. I hope so. I think you, I love their content. You, I think you might have shared this with me, and then I DM'd. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Nicole Lapera. Yeah. Really good stuff. Great. Yeah. Content. I think somebody else has, has has mentioned her to me before, and I think we reached out. So I'll have to, I hope. So. I hope. Maybe, maybe ask Courtney if she's on that one. That would be a be a fun conversation. Sure, totally. Yeah. All right, check this out. Mobility is your ability to move through different ranges of motion, but also have control over those ranges of motion. So when you have poor mobility, you can't do lots of exercises. You have lots of stiffness and pain. So mobility work is crucial for health, fitness, athletic performance, and strength. Well, check this out. There's a company called Mobility Wall that places a, basically it's like a foam roller, but much different. It's much better in your doorway. So you can do standing foam roller type movements and exercises to improve our mobility. Now, why is this good? Laying on the floor can be tough for some people, tough for them to reach certain areas, to loosen up areas, to improve mobility. The mobility wall allows you to do this in a standing position. This is a must have for anybody who's interested in moving better, moving with more fluidity and decreasing pain. By the way, there's attachments uh, that come with it. It's very comprehensive. It's a pretty cool company. Go check them out. Go to mobilitywall.com forward slash mind pump. Then use the code mind pump and get 20% off your first order. All right, here comes the rest of the show. First question is from Intentionally Holly. What are the best glute building exercises as alternatives to hip thrusts? Okay. Um, I, I wish we could ask this person more questions as to why they're looking for an alternative. Because um, hip thrusts are great glute exercise, but there's a lot of really good glute exercises. The, the two of the big three. Well, maybe they're asking that because they already do hip thrusts. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that, that's, that would, uh, and and yeah. because that's all over the inter internet right now as far as like the most popular. Yeah, I mean, look, deadlift and deadlift variations. So traditional deadlift, sumo deadlift, uh, stiff-legged deadlift, Romanian, Romanian deadlift, one-legged deadlift, they're all great. Yeah. Uh, barbell squats. Before the hip thrust became popular, you know, when we were training people, <coughs> nobody did barbell hip thrusts. I, in fact, I used to do hip thrusts as a primer. Um, but really nobody ever did them as an exercise. The glute exercise was always barbell squats. Always. So let's do, let's do top three to four. Uh, and cause, because of course, get first what you're, what you barbell mean. squats, obviously the first. reason why you're saying that you wish you knew more is cause it does matter, right? Like if someone is, they only do these movements and I see they're missing one of my top five, I'm for sure inserting my top five yeah. because they're going to get huge benefits from that. If one of my top five, they already do all the time, then maybe some then we have other never, stuff. Then we have other stuff, right? So that's the reason why I know you're saying that. But 
generally speaking, what are like, let's say our top three or four based off of our experience of training people, hip thrusts are up there. Yep, yep. Barbell back squat Barbell is back up there. I, so for me, I like that, that would, that might be somewhat controversial, right? That I think, uh, uh, sumo deadlifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I freaking love yeah. sumo deadlifts. And part of the reason why is because of the, the open stance and pressing the knees out and, ha- and pressing your knees out while you lift, which by the way, is what you see all these, you know, bikini models doing with the bands around their knees, just doing regular yep. squats. I would rather do a sumo than put bands around their knees while they yep. squat. I would yep. do traditional, you know, back loaded squats. I would do sumo deadlifts. I would do hip thrusts. Those three movements yeah. right there are like my yeah. top three. And then you could put like Romanian deadlift or, or a good yeah. morning with a good glute squeeze at the top yeah. is, is also an exceptional um, glute exercise. I mean, those are the ones I always depended on to build a client's uh, butt and it almost never failed. Just yeah. those right there. I mean, any split stance squat, you know, is going to uh, move the needle quite a bit too. I, I just, I really like a, a heavy loaded Bulgarian split squat. And it's, yeah. it's just made, and yes, it's a, it's a bit challenging because of the balance and stability component too. But once you master that and you're able to control it and like actually load it substantially, I think we really got to look at is like, which exercises can you load more substantially? Because yeah. now you're putting that kind of stimulus well, on the muscle. You Okay, you guys all nailed all the most important things. This is why I wanted to talk about this because I think it's in, like I want us to break down the things. Okay, you just nailed something you can load and has a stability component. You nailed things that uh, load it at the top, mm-hmm. load it at the bottom, mm-hmm. and then all of us nailed uh, like a, a back squat, yeah. which would be a full range of motion. Yeah, so I mean, it's like glute medius, like you're this talking about. And then about I talk about sumo, yeah. so now I'm including the glute med, uh, which gives you that kind of side butt look, right, that everybody wants. So that's how those come to be. It doesn't mean that there's not other exercises that aren't great and you can't exchange them if you always do that. But man, those really hit like my top four for those reasons. We are loading heavy at the top, loading heavy at the bottom. We are full range of motion. We are getting the adductors involved. Like you got all these great uh, compliments with by, by yeah. that and stability component like you brought up with the Bulgarians. Yeah, I think. I think the things to focus on, this is for any muscle, are can you connect to it and feel it well because- a lot of the best exercises are what are known as compound lifts. This is where you use multiple joints, like a squat, right? Hips, knees, even the ankles are involved. And you want to be able to connect to the glutes because if you have poor glute connection, you could still squat. You're just going to use more quad, uh, more hamstring, for example. So connect. Then when you can connect and feel the glutes, load. Then can I get them strong and can I load them with serious weight? Those two things alone will build any muscle, especially the glutes. Next question is from Don't Worry, It's Just Courtney. What are some of the biggest limitations for people who begin lifting for the first time at 40? All right. Uh, physical limitations, it's always mobility. Yeah. Always going to be mobility. By the way, this is always one of the biggest limitations with anybody. It just becomes a, a maybe different or bigger issue with someone over the age of 40 where I want to do this exercise or these movements. They're really good. But it hurts their back or their knee, or they can't move properly. They can't connect properly. So there's going to be a period of correctional exercise before we start to do some of these movements, which by the way, there's a misconception that the correctional exercise portion of a workout or routine means you're not building muscle. You're not getting results. That's not true. Correctional exercise still progresses you. So, and the reason why I'm saying that is a lot of people are like, they want to skip it. Like no, no, I just want to get to the like the the, the workouts that really move the needle in terms of results. <laughs> can I, yeah, can I still, share a story with ahead. you guys right sure. now yeah. that, that you just 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 set off? So um, 
Kyle, who works for us, is also a trainer. He also happens to train a lot of our family members. So this weekend when I was at the um, wedding, I was actually talking to uh, my sister, my two sister-in-laws that that train with him. And they were telling me, I got to talk to Kyle. So Kyle will probably hear this for the first time and, and tell him to stand up for himself. But my mother-in-law, who's like the queen bee of the family, she's the one that like runs the show, is always giving him shit because of the mobility stuff that he makes oh. her do before that. And she's like, hey, let's go. Speed it up. Let's get to the lifting weights. I don't need to be doing this bullshit. Like, so, <laughs> and, and, they, and I'm like, well, is she just like saying that? And, giving, and then she's like, no, she's like, she presses it and makes him do it. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to talk to him about that because I know that's a hard, like, how do you do that? The boss's mother-in-law is trying to tell you <laughs> how to run your session. Like he knows what she needs to do. Yeah, 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 he knows what she needs to do. She's over here trying to tell him how she needs to work out. But that's exactly, I mean, it highlights this point you're making right now is that, you know, what they, what my advanced age clients, client, any or clients above 30 even, that have mobility issues is they see that work as insignificant or tedious or not not burning fat, not building muscle. It's not helping them towards their pursuit. And they want to rush to the things that get them sore or make them sweat way more. And that not is, I think that's probably one of the biggest limitations yeah. of when you're at, at that Look, age. There's, there's a right way to do it. And that's the right way. Yeah. And the right way is the best way, right? Yeah. The wrong way is the wrong way. It's the worst way. So the right way is to get is is how you get the best results. Yeah. They're not independent from each other. You don't get better and faster results from doing it the wrong way. So this is actually a conundrum a lot of tra trainers run into is where they have to combat clients who don't understand this. And here's what I want to say to those trainers. Clients appreciate it when you show confidence and you stick to your guns. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what you got to say, sometimes this is the whip them into shape thing, not like beat them up in the workout. Ask them what they do for a living. But, yeah, <laughs> but yes, sometimes you got to say something like this. Look, I know what I'm doing. You hired me for a reason. Do what I tell you. I've actually had to say that to clients. Oh, yeah, many And times. they appreciate it. Many it's times. like, okay, well, they know. They know what they're talking about, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think to, um, that is work that's moving you into that direction. Like, so you're still contracting the muscles, you're, you're building a, a, a support system that now you can load in the future to have like an even better successful outcome. And yeah, so that's all part of the process. I think one of the other sort of, uh, challenges, like somebody coming in is like the, the, the best lifts, the compound lifts, like these are ones, there's an educational period, uh, that it's going to take and require for you to learn the skill of it first. And mm -hmm. so I think that's something too to consider. You don't just jump into a lot of these exercises you see people do yeah. without the the proper practice and, and not having the substantial loading you think totally. you're able to do. One of the other limitations or challenges can be too is um, how much, how, like their habits around eating. Uh, so if they, if you, like I know my clients that are 40 plus that, you know, eat a certain way. And they have a hard time uh, breaking. Like you, you made this point earlier, Sal, just like whatever you've been doing for 40 something years hasn't been working. So we need to change your lifestyle. And part of changing your lifestyle means if you had this routine every morning of you eat this. Yeah, you might have or, to change that. Yeah, you might have to change that. And you Maybe know, even more difficult because it's been this many more years. That's why, yeah. And that's my point is that when, you know, when they're 20 something, you're still creating these habits. You're 40 something. 
you may have this this routine that you've been doing forever that you think yeah. works really well for you, but it really hasn't served you because here you are. Mm -hmm. And so that sometimes is a little bit challenging to undo is to shake that up and be like, hey, we're not gonna, yeah. we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, that, do this that's just across the board. That's a challenge. I, you know, I would say yeah. for specifically for someone <laughs> over the over forty, besides the physical limitations, which would be mobility work. The, the biggest lifestyle limitation I could see with someone over 40 is time. You don't get this necessarily with mm. clients who are younger, but over 40, mm. you get the like, I work a regular job. Yeah. I have kids. Yeah, I have other fully in their career. Yeah. yeah. I have other responsibilities. Like I, you know, I can't work out every day. I can't <clears> just be active all the time. It doesn't work uh, for me. So I need to figure out how to make the time to do this. And I need to figure out how to make this effective with the limited amount of time. Because one of the, the the misconceptions is if I can't do this all the time, then it's a waste of time and I'm not going to get great results. Not true at all. I've gotten some phenomenal results with clients in this age group, limited time, working out twice a week, two days a week. I've gotten some exceptional results with people. So, but that's, I, I would say one of the biggest challenges because you're not dealing with like, when I would train, when I would train retirees, because at one point I was training a lot of older people, like time was never, you know, I have a Wednesday at 10 a.m. open. Okay, cool. Or yeah, yeah. like any time I had, they would show up. You know, you get over 40, like I can show up at 5 p.m. on this day. That's it. The rest of the week is totally shot. So yeah. it could get very challenging. So that becomes a skill. Mm. Um, it can be. That could also be a, a superpower too, though, because they're like, so they have, they, I only have this time. I don't mess around yeah. like that type of deal, but it, it absolutely can become a limitation. Next question is from Grace Wang. If inflammation is necessary for muscle growth, should I still be trying to eat an anti-inflammatory diet? Uh, oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. inflammation is a double-edged sword. So, Well, you, you have to explain the difference, too, between exercise-induced inflammation versus uh, uh, in, 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 in being inflamed from diet. Yeah. So dietary inflammation well, so versus- Chronic inflammation versus like, right. you know, yeah, limited- Inflammation is a signal in the body. That's all it is. It, it tells your body that you're sick or that you need to repair or rebuild. Um, so it's a necessary- uh, process. So if you had no inflammation in your body, you would literally break down and die. Okay. But it can also go too far in the other direction where you have too much inflammation. You have lots of pain, you have mental issues like depression, anxiety, uh, things also break down from too much inflammation. So the key is not getting rid of inflammation or encouraging inflammation. The key is to have a healthy inflammatory response. Okay. So is an anti-inflammatory quote unquote diet good? Well, yes, because it's not anti-inflammatory the same way drugs are. Like taking an anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen mm -hmm. uh, or naproxen or aspirin literally stops the inflammatory process from happening through you know medical means. An anti-inflammatory diet isn't anti-inflammatory. It's just a diet that's not pro-inflammatory like the standard Western mm -hmm. American diet. Really. That's, that's really all it is. It's just a healthy diet. They say anti-inflammatory diet because it's a little bit more of a marketing term. But if you eat healthy, then you you know it works with your body. You're going to have a a good balanced inflammatory process. It's not like anti-inflammatory. It's like not said, compiling like on top of uh, the inflammation that you've acquired through exercise. Yeah. Have you guys yeah, ever dubbed through like an anti-inflammatory book or, or uh, diet? Diet? Yeah, it's like I have. It's a, I mean, I like it. Yeah, it's all it's it all it's just it's like it's, a healthy diet. It, it kind of looks uh, Mediterranean esque. Yep. 
to me. Mm, yep. And so, which I like that. Yeah, um, fish, nuts, yeah, you know, yeah, seeds, olive and, oil, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, vegetables. vegetables. Yeah, no processed food, lower in sugar. Yeah, know. it's a good, you know, I think this is like, I think our, our opinion on this is like any other diet. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, if you do that, you don't have to get hung up on it. It's like, oh, that diet is what's working so much for you. It's like, you pay attention to all the different things you were eating before, before you go on this quote unquote anti-inflammatory diet and pay attention to what you eliminated and or what you've added into your diet and yeah. look more like that. And then it doesn't mean that you can never have a steak again, or you can't have these things that would be what they would consider maybe pro-inflammatory in your diet. It's just that it's giving you these boundaries to live in. And I think it's, and it's not going, that type of eating is definitely not going to hinder uh, muscle growth so long as you eat your protein intake. You know, if you that you know, make yeah, sure and that protein you, is not inflammatory or anti-inflammatory. It's just it's an essential macronutrient. I guess it maybe if you're eating ungodly mm. amounts or too little, maybe it could it could mess up with your inflammatory process. Well, what it'll do is it'll hinder you building. If the if the question is about muscle right. growth right. and you're on a on a diet, the thing that the yeah. biggest thing that you need to worry about out of well, the, is it, are you getting enough? Let protein me give you an example. It? Okay, studies will show that taking lots of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like the ones I, I mentioned earlier, ibuprofen, naproxen, aspirin, and the like, can actually hinder. Uh, athletic performance or healing or muscle building if used chronically because it blocks some of that signaling process. Okay. But that's a drug that's different. Uh, uh, Omega-3 fatty acids. Okay. They're essential fatty acids when they're in balance with the other essential fatty acids has quote unquote anti-inflammatory effects. Studies show that supplementing with omega-3 fatty acids doesn't reduce muscle growth. In in many cases, encourages mm -hmm. muscle growth because it improves health. So there's a difference between blocking inflammation and having a healthy inflammatory response. And the anti-inflammatory diets, the ones that I've seen, typically are just healthy diets. So they're not gonna they're not gonna hurt. If anything, they'll help. Next question is from Nikki MK Fit. What are some tips for coming out of contest prep or a deep uh, strict deficit? to regulate hunger hormones without binging on all the foods. I mean, I think the mistake that people make, and this is not just contest prep diets, but this is just diets in general, is they set goals for like, oh, I'm going to Vegas, or oh, I have a show, and they diet real strict, and then the day of after the show or the day after Vegas or whatever they were dieting for, they just like come unhinged. I think it's super common. And, and doesn't that make ghrelin and everything go just- Oh, yeah. For, and so- the this the thing is that I always taught it like you don't look at the the Vegas trip or the um or the the show as the end of the diet. A good habit to have is extend the diet two weeks later and then allow the event that you were getting ready for, whether it be Vegas, a weekend, or you know a contest, as like okay, so maybe that day you allow yourself to drink, eat, do your thing, whatever after this contest or Vegas, but then you are still on the diet for an extended, you know, two weeks, at least that afterwards, where you're reversing out of what you just, you're not just came. full stop getting out of it. Yeah. You're, you're not going. And, and by the way, if you've, if you've done a really, like contest people, like if you've dieted really hard for an extended period of time and you have one day or two days, even of eating a lot of calories, you're not going to, you're not going to do that much damage. You're not going to put on that much body fat in that short period of time. I mean, if, of course you can, I know people are going to jump on me for that. For the most part, you, you won't. And then you have these, the next two weeks after that kind of still on a diet where I'm, and I, so I would have, remember I told you guys the last two or three weeks is I, I would start to do cardio. I would be at the lowest calories. And so as I would come out of that, the prep, 
I would, you know, the first thing I would do is add some calories. I wouldn't completely reduce all the cardio. And then I would cut back a little bit on the cardio and then add a little bit more calories and then cut yeah. back a little bit more. And you just slowly kind of- You back out slowly. Yes, yeah, step out. The same way you kind of stepped in, you step out in that, that same type of cadence until you are at a place where- you don't have to feel like you're restricted and you don't feel like you're doing tons of cardio. I, I also think your expectations can really have a big impact. Like, okay, you just did a contest. Because the question here is about contest prep. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the few weeks before a contest, getting ready for contests are nothing. Uh, they're, they're not healthy at all. It's an unhealthy process. You're getting super shredded. You're very, you're restricting yourself beyond what would be considered normal, both mentally and physically. Um, you show up on stage and you, you just, again, it's just, it's, it's a poor health presentation that maybe looks good for a particular contest. So your expectations should be afterwards, you're going to have crazy hunger. It would be like if you were <laughs> locked in a cell yeah. and starved, yeah. you're going to have really strong hunger feelings, stronger than you've probably ever felt before. Now, why am I saying that? Because if you expect that, I think you're, you can probably handle it better. Then if you're like, oh my God, and overwhelmed by it, and I don't have this contest to control myself for, so now what do I do type of deal? So I think getting comfortable with the idea that after your show, you're going to feel hunger like you've never felt before, and you're just going to have to kind there's, of deal with it. There's a um, there's a pretty, uh, an easy strategy for this, but if you're willing to stay disciplined, and that simply is don't allow yourself to go bananas on the processed foods. That's where it gets really difficult. If you came out of a contest and you were a client of mine and you stuck to whole foods, and just I, I don't care how much you foods. eat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, go eat. eat. You're hungry? Eat. Hungry again? What eat. a great point. Eat, eat, eat. Otherwise, eat. you're compounding on top of everything with the, right. the processed foods. Right, you'll food. be fine. You literally will. Where these con where these competitors get in trouble, and you see it all over the internet. Yeah. They yeah. have they they plan Krispy for cream donuts. Oh, everybody. dude, they yeah. they they set up. I mean, weeks in advance. Many of these athletes, <laughs> yeah, literally. they already have their post show I mean, stuff. I'm not surprised, and I'm talking, it's like boxes of Oreo cookies and yeah. Pop Tarts and, yeah. and a dozen of donuts. Bro, it's and like, disgusting. Yeah, I mean, they just they have it all mapped, and of course you're gonna overeat and binge that stuff because you keep eating it. It makes you hungrier. Where if I told that same person, okay, none of that bullshit, mm. but if you were hungry, go have yourself a steak, go have potatoes, go have, but put cheese on it. Enjoy. I mean, go as long as it's whole foods. Yeah, you're right. Go to town. Cause otherwise you're, you're, you're not only are you, you've starved yourself for the show. So you're going to be hungry, yeah. but then you're going to throw on top of you, of all of that hyper palatable food, foods that are engineered to make you overeat. So yes. you, you, it's like this, yeah. this like tornado, this perfect storm. novelty everywhere that you just can keep. Dude, I trained, I in. trained a girl that literally post show and she was tiny. She was like a hundred, I don't know, 110 pounds. Post show, the two months following gained 27 pounds. Like oh, that. bro, I've seen that done in like two <laughs> weeks on I'm, little girls. Wow. I've That's seen 20, impressive. 30 pounds go on bikini competitors in two weeks. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. It is crazy how fast they can throw that. Well, it's. Back. So what's, what's. And the body's absorbing it. What's, it was what's, what's dangerous yeah. and, and why she I think it gets out of control her. so much is it's deceiving because they eat like that. For the first two days, and they actually look better, and they feel better, well, and they healthy, look better. Yeah. Like everything, like everything is better. Like they were so depleted, they were so unhealthy going into it. Yeah. Their body was starving of anything, and then they feed it like all this shit, and the body so just you feel sucks. Like invincible. All. At that point, oh yeah, right? so you're like, oh man, I, actually that didn't even yeah. do any damage. Yeah. I feel better, I feel good, and so then you just justify doing that. So my simple. So advice, you've seen people gain that much in two weeks? Oh yeah. Oh. oh. Wow. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen I've seen it out of control, man. So I mean, and, and to be honest. 
you got to remember one, a lot of that's water weight, right? So they put on probably five pounds plus of water weight alone. And then they probably needed, you know, five or 10 pounds of body fat put on them because of how unhealthy. Just imagine the aftermath of all that. It's like, Oh yeah. Sitting on the can. Well, you know (laughs) what? Actually, what's really weird. What's really weird (laughs) is because your figure competitor, you are so, you're so (laughs) deprived. (laughs) You're so deprived. You actually don't get that until a while later. Oh wow. Yeah. Like things that your body just just absorbs it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, I mean, you're so depleted that it just, it it sucks up. You're like the leader of North Korea. And your metabolism, because you built all this muscle over a show and everything that is, is, so roaring on top of that too so it's like it just powers through the first you know day or two of that but yeah i mean if you literally just said just made a rule and here by the way it doesn't mean there's not like a middle ground here too it doesn't mean like i can't you can't go like hey no you need to gain weight go ham right the day of the show like go ahead go have your in and out burgers and fries maybe have some processed food enjoy yourself for right after the show and like and take a deep breath you you discipline yourself that long but then in the very next day get right back to whole foods yeah and then don't put it don't don't put a limiter on it don't don't you don't have to weigh and measure anymore just eat whole foods and let your body like naturally regulate itself and i guarantee you will not put on 20 pounds no like that. you're not going to overeat to nearly the same extent no with with, with, with no, you know, not steak you make... potato fruit vegetables not no chips pop tarts donuts ice cream oh, yeah, that, you're going pizza off. yeah that's all going to do yeah it you're too. going you never well, seen the pictures that these people will post justin no i haven't well, well, oh they'll literally I mean, if post the picture Google right now uh post show food for competitors i guarantee like I mean, there's all kinds <laughs> no, 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 of no no but what's post. crazy is what adam said is that they'll weeks. post yes they'll weeks. be like oh i can't wait to eat all this and it's like three weeks before the show and they'll have like a big room or something they've already prepped they've already got everything that they com- want. it was a thing uh, where competitors would be like talking gross. way in advance of the show and they just keep compiling stuff like oh i didn't think about that oh you oh, I didn't think, oh and then they just start and they, they, they Ooh, then they'll post yeah. a picture of like all this stuff that they're going to consume afterwards what was like, your so, orgy of food in and out it was just in and out yeah and i always i I'd do the i think i think one of them i did like three or four of those and then also uh cinnabon one time Cinnabon, I crushed in Vegas after uh, the- Has the, anybody felt good after eating one of those? A Cinnabon? Yeah. I mean, that I did. After that, I did. I was. I had wow. I had four of them. I had four of those I mean, 1,500 calorie suckers. Oh, my God. God. Oh, in one setting. Yeah, yeah, immediate. I only, so I, I, I experienced this. The very the very first show, um, I did go off the rails, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, come out of the diet. So all the advice I'm giving, I also did the other side, too. So I know what it, I've been on the dark side, too, right, of just eating like an asshole afterwards. And, uh, you know, and then I would say I, I, I ended up after, you know, six shows later, somewhere in the middle where it's like, you know, I'm going to have my in and out. I'm going to enjoy that night or whatever like that. And like the, those calories. Went, and then I just the next day just I'd be back, back to training and yeah. back to Whole Foods. And then but all I would do is just not limit it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be weighing anymore. I wouldn't be eating at a Tupperware. I'd just be like, hey, you know, steak, rice, eggs, potatoes, just as much of it as I wanted. As long as I stay away from that. I could see how that'd be real dysfunctional for most people. You have a pretty good discipline with that, like switching to one thing and then the other. But like, you know, to be in that mindset for so long of like restriction and like that must be really hard for people to That's why I told I told I'm not I never exaggerated that to you guys when that would that blew my mind that there were more eating disorders and dysfunction around food in the competitive bodybuilding world than there ever was. Oh, and all, and I've tried not even every, close. every eating disorder. And we, I mean, we specialize in obese people. That's what we dealt with. It's like, not you know, even close. Not yeah. even close. No. They, they, they have way worse, way, way worse. And it's the irony of it is nobody thinks that because we put them on these pedestals because of their bodies on and Instagram. They must really understand how to eat right. No, yeah. they don't. Mm. Apparently not. Look, if you like mind pump, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out our free guides. We can help you with almost any health or fitness goal, and they're totally free. Again, mindpumpfree.com. 
You can also find all of us on social media. So Justin is on Instagram at Mind Pump Justin. I'm back on Instagram at Mind Pump Stefano, And Adam is on Instagram at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.